Thanks for checking out our Legacy Church podcast. We know you'll be blessed and encouraged by today's message. Now here's Pastor On. Today I want to focus in as we start this series, Who Do You Say I Am? On a story of a woman who I believe would be able to answer this question. Who is Jesus? She was probably part of the crowd that gathered, gathered and shouted Hosanna on Palm Sunday. So I want to read this story in John 8. It says, But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. At dawn he appeared again in, in the temple courts where all the people gathered around him. Jesus always had people around him. And he sat down to teach them. And the teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. And they made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in an act of adultery. And in the law of Moses, it commands us to stone such a woman. Now, what do you say, Jesus? The Bible says they were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. Let me tell you, you don't trap Jesus. There's no way you're going to trap Jesus. But Jesus bent down and he started to write on the ground with his finger. And when they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and he said to them, Let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. And again, he stooped down and he wrote on the ground. At this, those who heard began to go away one at a time. The older ones first. The older ones a little bit smarter through experience. Until only Jesus was left with the women still standing there. And Jesus straightened up and he asked her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she asked, she said then neither do I condemn you. Jesus declares, go now and leave your life of sin. Go now and leave your life of sin. I think if we ask this woman, who is Jesus? You met him. You experienced him. You saw him. He talked to you. I think she would give us three answers to this question. Number one, I think she would say, Jesus is a personal God. He's not a religious God. He cares about you individually. In your worst of times, when you think you're not worthy, Jesus cares about you. People say, I can't go to church. The roof will come down if I walked into that building. Not true. God will meet you in your worst to bring you to his best. He'll meet you in your worst to bring you to his best. He loves you so much. You know, I think about this woman, and I say, you know, if this woman was not brought by these Pharisees 
to a place of punishment, pain, rejection. She would have not met Jesus. And she would have not been the testimony that we read about. God will use your pain for your gain. God will use the worst experiences in your life. When you're at the bottom of the barrel and you feel worthless, God will use your pain for your gain. Corey Ten Boom said, there, isn't, there is no pit so deep that God's love isn't deeper still. See, I believe this lady would say, Jesus personally loved me. I was broken. I was an adulterous woman. I did not deserve to be loved, to be forgiven. Those Pharisees were right in their condemnation. But he loved me. The Pharisees, they made her stand before the whole group of them. I can't help to think how stupid they were to bring this lady before Jesus. See, people get stupid. Can I use that word in church? Allow me to use that word. People get stupid. They believe stupid things. They do and say stupid things when they're with the wrong people. When they're, when they're with their group, their gang. They get bold and they say stupid things and do stupid things with stupid people. And every single person is influenced by some type of group, some type of gang, a group that they get their thinking from. They're led by. You know, when you're young, we call this peer pressure. But every age has a group that's influencing them, that you're identifying with. And listen, your group is your religion. Everyone has a religion. It's the group that you identify with. That's your religion. People who don't believe in God, they're influenced by the I don't believe in God group. That's their gang. People who don't believe that the Bible is the word of the Lord are influenced by the I don't believe in the Bible group. Where they get their thinking from? That's where the stupid things that come out of their mouth come from. They're all saying the same stupid things that they're part of the stupid group. <laughs> People who do not believe in heaven and hell, they're part of the firefighters union group because they're going to need some firefighters when they land on the other side. But listen, Jesus is so good that he'll use your pain that comes from your stupid decisions 
from being in your stupid group to show you your stupid thinking. You know, Forrest Gump said, stupid is what stupid does. <laughs> but he'll use that to wake you up. You know, it's so important. That's why God always brings someone to you that will speak truth to you. When you're in your little group, God will bring someone, speak truth to you. And, you, and the Bible says the truth is written on your heart. You know truth when you hear it. You might not want to hear it, but you know truth. <clears throat> I remember when I was in my stupid group, <clears throat> my friend who is touched by the Lord, says to me something that was so impacting. Wasn't very nice, but was impacting. He says, Ron, you're going to hell. When he said that, something went off inside of me, in my spirit, in my heart. He said, he's right, I'm going to hell. And it slapped me so hard that it knocked some stupid out of me. And I started waking up and saying, what do I do? Because he's telling me the truth. See, Jesus comes and he speaks to them, the group. And he says, let any one of you, in John 8, 7, let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Jesus comes. He'll use somebody to speak truth into you, to wake you up and cause you to, to think about truth. I think the second thing that this lady would say is Jesus is a redeemer and he stands up for you. Jesus is a redeemer, and he stands up for you. The devil is an accuser and condemns you. I was under the devil's accusations. I was under the devil's condemnation. Jesus comes in, and I am unworthy, but he stood up for me. Who is Jesus? He's a redeemer. He's a God who stands up for you. Jesus declared in John 8, 11, neither do I condemn you. Jesus does not condemn. He redeems. See, some people think when it talks about Jesus writing on the ground, when you read, you know, some of the theology on it, some people think that Jesus was drawing a line. He was carving a line. And just get making it deeper and deeper and deeper. And on this side of the line was Jesus. On this side of the line was mercy, was forgiveness, was grace, was his plans for your life. On that side of the line was judgment, condemnation, 
pride, arrogance, self-exaltation. See, the Pharisees were on this side of the line saying, we are good. She is not. In Romans 3.10, Jesus stands and says, as it is written, there is no one righteous, not even one. You are all the same. Don't deceive yourself. We are all sinners. You all need to come on this side of the line where there's mercy, where I am, where there's grace, where there's forgiveness, where there's new life. Third thing I believe she would say is Jesus gives every person the opportunity for a new life. He's no respecter of persons. He doesn't look and say, here's a nice, holy person. I will bless that person. Here's an adulterous woman. I will reject that person. Jesus says, I give every person the opportunity for a new life. Some will receive, some will reject. Who do you say I am? Who am I in your life? Who do you say I am? And Jesus says in John 8, 11, he tells the woman, now go, leave your old life, your life of sin, because I have a new life for you. You are not what the world tells you you are. You are not what your past tells you you are. Come on, you are not what the enemy tells you you are. You are who I say you are. And I think you're worthy of my life shed in Calvary. I think you're worthy. Come on, what awesome love does God have for us? Does the Lord have for us? I want to ask the music ministry to come forward. <clears throat> Did you get your palms today? We have some palms if you want them. I know some people take palms and, and they build castles out of them and all kinds of cool stuff. But palms have a significant meaning biblically. Palms represent God's offering of mercy and blessings. See, as Jesus was entering Jerusalem, they were waving palms. They were saying, the Lord is offering mercy. He's offering blessing. That's what Jesus came offering. And he still comes offering the same thing to all of us. In the Old Testament, God gave the Jewish high priest the command at the Feast of Tabernacles, and he says this in Leviticus 23, 40. On the first day, you are to take the branches of luxuriant trees from palms, willows, and other leafy trees and rejoice before the Lord your God for seven days. See, the Feast of Tabernacles was one of seven feasts that the Israelites celebrated. And the Feast of Tabernacles was a celebration of that year's provision 
and harvest. They would celebrate God has blessed us with harvest. Now we could feed our families. And it was also a celebration and a remembrance that when the Israelites were wandering in the desert after they left Egypt for 40 years, God provided for them. He provided for them. He sent manna to them. He took care of them. And so God said, rejoice, remember, remember. And, and they would wave palms and willows, and they would have a celebration and remembrance. And it was also a declaration that the Messiah is coming. Rejoice now, because I will send the Messiah. So we see the significance of palms. And we also see the significance of willows. So, so palm branches represented mercy, blessing, victory, joy, success. Willows from the willow tree, the weeping, weeping willow tree, represented sorrow, sadness, adversity, and mourning. So we see... Prophetically, Palm Sunday, Jesus comes now as the high priest, and he carries our weeping. He carries our burdens. He carries our sorrow. That we may carry with our palms, rejoicing that he carries our burdens. He takes the sin off of us. As unworthy as we may be, he still loves us. And we rejoice now with the palms and celebrate in him. There's always hope for your life in Jesus. That's who Jesus is. This lady would say, that's who Jesus is. Thanks for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, consider rating it and even sharing it with family and friends. It helps so much. For more content with Legacy and to connect with us, go to LegacyChurchRI.com. The best is yet to come.